whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. It's the 1980s with the Literary License Podcast retrospective of 80s horror films with your co-hosts Joe Radazzo, Vicky Ray, John Wilson, and Keith Shago keeping everything tubular and rad. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. They'll say. She wouldn't even I'm your number one fan. Hello, welcome to Literature License Podcast, and it's our the 80s two for one episode. And today we have with us Vicky Ray. Hello, Vicky. Hi, everybody. And John Wilson. Hello, everybody. And Joe Radazzo. Hello, how is everyone? And I'm Keith Shago, and it We'll be discussing Killer Party from 1986 and I did the Demons from 1987. So before we get started, let's find out what everyone's been up to. Starting with you, John, what have you been up to since last time we spoke to you? I have been packing like a madman. No, I mean, I mean, it's been a lot trying to get stuff, getting rid of stuff, trying to, I'm moving out to Jersey. So I'm really excited for that and enjoying, you know, October is my favorite month. I, not that I don't watch horror movies out of October, but right. I tend to up my ante. I was watching all the nightmare on Elm street. So I was watching yeah. last night was trick or treat. I watched trick or treat, which I'd never seen that. I've um, never seen it yet either. Oh, it's wow. cute. It's, it's kind of kitty, but it's cute. And, um, I watched, uh, finally got to power watch uh, the new season of Slasher, which is, I mean. I'm halfway through. It's so hard to watch because, I mean, I'm not, I just don't like the grotesque and I don't like that. I like the mystery. Oh, yeah. I don't like, I don't like gore. I don't like gore. (laughs) I like, no, but this is a whole new, I mean. Is it that bad? Okay. Oh, my God. I mean, especially towards the end. If either, Keith, have you watched it or no? Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah, we did. Especially towards the end with the daughter, which I will not give in any way, but it's just like, holy mother of God. Like, it's just, it gets to be (laughs) too much. Yeah. And my gag reflexes were like, what? like I just wanted to throw off. It was like, oh god, but, something for gag. Re- like I'll have to finish it then so, because it ugh. takes it very little. Makes me yeah. To well, yeah. Gag. Be ready. I'm just telling you. I'm just you know. So yeah, a big just, cockroach in my mailbox yesterday kind of made me gag. But <laughs> no, that, Texas cockroach. <laughs> yeah, I know. My mailman was putting the mail in there. Go. Don't do it. And he goes, why? I go, there's a huge cockroach in there. I go, I'll give you 20 bucks for you swap that motherfucker up. 
Oh, you know, I was going to tell you, I finally watched Malignant, and I was like, at, throughout the entire movie, I was like, I can't, I can't. I li- my friends I were like, it's not bad. I'm like, the music was driving me crazy. It was just almost too comical. Like I, I it think made it's it- a horror movie. White people were explaining it in the forums. They think it was that I think it makes sense. A horror movie for people who don't normally like horror. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was like to me, it just is also overacting. There was like so many moments of like it was like over the top overacting. The and head think, thing, you know, like yeah, yeah, it was like a little nod to the grudge there. Just whenever, well, everything was every exposition was like, <gasps> <gasps> and I was like, okay, stop! Like, what the hell? Like, you know? uh, yeah, it's a movie I started, but I can't can't get into it. I couldn't. <laughs> I but you gotta, you gotta say you finished like, it. You gotta this. say you finished it. I'm I finished it, but it was just like the music was also just not. It was weird because I was at one point I was like, "Are they trying to be spoofy? Or are they trying to be silly? Or are they trying to be serious?" And like trying to be because well, the music it's not was like also Insidious or any of them, right? Yeah. You know, no. Yeah, I don't think this was meant to be taken seriously. I yeah, because it was it, too like too schlocky. I mean, it's they, almost as if like because you know the director. Like, I think it's like, if you look at Japanese horror, there is that element that I think is just expected. And he tried to bring that over and Americanize it. And it just doesn't translate. We either want it really spoofy and campy, or we want it like dark and horror. And it's can't be that in between. And that's exactly where it was where I was like, yeah, yeah, that's actually it's weird. Like I couldn't get into it. Yeah. He seemed to try to mash together like, early 2000s like j-horror and like an 80s or 70s or 80s jalo and tried to like mash them together yeah yeah it's it's weird at some point i'll rewatch it but um i i yeah it's it's funny because when i first watched it i didn't like it but then the more i thought about it the more i was like you know that was cool and that was cool and that so i don't know maybe i'll yeah. maybe i'll rewatch it and like it who knows and what about yourself joe what have you been up to um all right. Well, um, I might have a screenwriting gig coming up. I um, randomly woke up Monday morning with uh, a uh, message in my inbox about writing something. And I told them to send the stuff over by Wednesday. I had the NDAs. I sent them to uh, sent them to, uh, to an entertainment attorney. He's looking it over. I'm assuming probably <laughs> by Monday or Tuesday, I'll probably know something, but Fingers uh, and toes crossed, Joe. Yeah, right. I'm I'm hoping, man, because uh, I've been I've been waiting for a writing gig for a little while, and um, one of my um, one of my close friends uh, is pitching one of my scripts again to another company, and see, they seem to be receptive. So we'll see. It, it could uh, work out really well. And the other thing I've been doing all month is I've been uh, doing the Horror Hound Challenge, which for every single date they set uh, the type of movie you need to see and like. Well, today the challenge is go see Halloween Kills. If you can't go see Halloween Kills, then just watch one of the Halloween movies. Oh, but I am easy to go one see. for me. <laughs> What's that? I said that's an easy one for me. I love Halloween. Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, it's not a problem. I will be going to see Halloween Kills. I watched uh, the original and the 2018 yesterday to kind of. I really more needed to watch the 2018 one again to kind of set the tone for this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm going to see it. Uh, like, what is it now? It's noon here now. I'm going to see it around four. So. I think yeah, people are I have to wait until I have to wait until the weekend of Halloween because my friends want to watch it together, and I was like, okay, so I have to <laughs> on social put blinders on. I have to just pretty much go <laughs> right. into a hole for the next two weeks because 
There are those a-holes who just love being able to say yeah. what happens in a film. Oh, like, yeah, they, there are. There are. Yeah. yeah I, saw, no, I, I, think, I think it's safe to say... Night. Yeah, I think it's safe to say this is the second of a trilogy. So yeah. Well, I think people are happy with the continuity. Yeah. And not a, not a big hole like from part of the other franchise. You know, like they skip so a whole thing. You know? Well, the Halloween franchise probably has the biggest holes of any other franchise. In yeah. <laughs> well, that's why. Well, ergo, that's why people are probably happy that this one's going to follow suit with 2018. I believe is the last one in this particular timeline, right? Yeah. Was it 2018? Yeah. It would be, it'd be like considering a second film to the original Halloween. Oh, it erases everything else. Like it pretty much. Okay. Well, out. what happened to the one? What about the one prior to this where Jamie Lee Curtis is having the, the stellar action and all that? This is part of that, correct? This correct. continues that yes. story. Yeah. Okay. So that's the first, the first, first Halloween and then the one that was the, the newer one of what, two years ago, three years ago, like that three one is ago, yeah. technically part two. Right. And then this one's part three. And then the last one will be part four and that's it. So that it's kind like of breaks Rob that. Zombie films and the, and the yeah. others. Well, Rod, Rod, Zombies, Rod Zombie's a reboot. So that doesn't, that doesn't equivalent to yeah. any part of it. What right. basically we have at Halloween is yeah. Halloween one and two. Right. Yeah. And then it goes four, five and six. Yeah, because um, the Jamie Lee Curtis dies in an accident, and her child ends up becoming a foster child in Hedensfield uh, or wherever. Right. Yeah. Then what happens is H two O app happens, and four, five, and six don't happen anymore, and so we got one and two and H two O. Yeah. So okay, and then and, and Halloween Resurrection, which is the one with um the rapper that really sucks, where Jamie Lee Curtis. Swan dies off the top of the yeah, asylum. Which pissed me off. Like, I literally wanted to walk out of the theater when that happened. I was like, this is bullshit. This is a horrible way. And <laughs> I, I know think a lot of people shared that sentiment. <laughs> I know, but I knew it was her saying, I don't want to do this shit anymore. So just kill me. Like, she was like, probably at that point, like, why are you bringing me right. back again? Oh, you want to kill me in the beginning? Fine. Great. Now I never have to do this again. And even in this, I remember her talking in interviews saying there had to be something that really brought her back and wanting to do this because she was like, I was kind of done. And I was kind of thought, Oh God, well, how are they going to bring me back now? But then when she read the script, she was like, closure. Oh, crap. No, it's like, <laughs> Oh crap. Like you're erasing everything that had happened in that series. And you're kind of giving Lori a second take on what happened with her in a different way. Right. Like, well, it's kind of nice though. I mean, like, I kind of yeah. like the fact well, that there's some continuity there, yeah. you know, in this I mean, the only, I guess, and then with the, the new one, basically, that Laurie Strode is not the brother of Michael Myers, or Michael Myers is not her, her brother. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes one, 18, and 19. But saying that, I did watch one, two, part one, and part two, because I quite like part two, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, hospital, under, right? no, yeah. nothing's worse than you know, nothing's better than uh, you know a very understaffed hospital. <laughs> I know. Yeah, very understaffed. You know, and, and another thing you have to remember is that they basically killed those babies that were born in this hospital. <laughs> they yeah. killed Michael Myers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um but but I have to say when you watch one and two and then watch the 2018 one, they do kind of go together, even though they do take the piss out of um you know, Michael Myers being the brother of Laurie Stroud sort of thing in the 2018 book. He said, I think the director said he wanted to take the focus of family and put it on Laurie, not Laurie and a brother, right? It was more Laurie having a family and then the legacy of that thing that's tainted your life is now passed on to your family like that. 
yeah. the thing, the, the funny thing about Halloween, though, is, is that I read, they came out with a novel, when the movie came out in 1978, they came out with a novelization that we were able to buy in, like, the school book club. So I bought it and read it. <laughs> the school book the, club. <laughs> do you remember the school, you know, that one that basically, they said, yeah, you basically, yeah, I remember. You order your books off it. And, yeah. and, I, and I got Halloween and I did read the novelization. And, I've always, and the funny thing about the 1978 book of the novelization of the original movie is that it does mention the thorn, all the whole thorn stuff in there. Yeah. All that stuff mentioned in that novelization, even before four, five, and six, and all that came out and all the other stuff. <laughs> and how Lori and Michael were brother and sister. Yeah. So that's all mentioned in the novelization. And this is before part two came out and all that other stuff. So, and I guess um, the only thing I can say is that uh, it makes a little bit more sense that Michael Myers would keep going after her if that was the case. Yeah. Because yeah. now we got Michael Myers going after her again, and you're never quite sure why. Just now. doesn't ever. Hope, no, but, you, but, they don't ever really specify why. Do they? Well, I mean, that's where it's just it's because of family. He went out, he was killing the family off, sort of thing. There that was no specific reason, though. I think well, it's also, it's, they're trying to elaborate that it is, he's just this unstoppable force. And so, had, had he killed her, he wouldn't have just stopped. He would have went through that town and just obliterated it. And so, that's what they're trying oh, to do. You kind think of he would have taken out Olive Haddonfield? Yeah. And in this, it kind of, there's an alluding that, oh, this there's like a blood trail from where he gets out to his home. So he's trying to get home for a reason. So we don't know necessarily, she could be his sister. We don't know that. So that's the interesting thing is, could it be a very harbored kept secret that she just didn't want to tell them, like, I, I am. Like, that was a lie that people were saying, but it is actually true. Like, and it could be that, that could be why. Or it could just be like, Home is where the heart is, right? I'm going to go home. I killed my first victim there, and now I want to just do a rampage and kill everyone in town. It could be that, too, as well, right? Well, we also have, um, with the new one, we also have Lindsay you yeah. know, and the little boy that Laurie Stroll was Tommy. babysitting are now back. The original yeah, Tommy. Back. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're now in the pathway. So I imagine whatever... I imagine that there will be more explanation and Lindsay, explanation like Lindsay, the little pain in the ass that doesn't yes. have the babysitter. Yeah. Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay, where she's like yeah, half all naked, stuck out the window. Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got the impression watching uh, the 2018 one yesterday that Michael Myers doesn't know who Laurie Strode is and couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. that would be funny actually because it's sort of like oh wait are you the one that got away oh great i'll kill you now like like why you know the is there a connection yeah 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 well i mean we'll, we'll i mean we'll soon find out i mean this sit there i mean the 2018 i watched one in one and i did watch two in between the 2018 and i quite i quite like that trilogy because i quite yeah. like her being the brother or something like that i never yeah. I never hated part two like uh I the only ones that i don't the, the, the ones where i think halloween it gets really two bad, like, say is that the one we're talking about? Well, yeah, she's the, the, the 1981 yeah. Halloween. I love yeah. that one. I, yeah. don't see what the, I love it. It's the only, like the, the same really, night. So the only ones I really dislike are like five, six, and seven, and eight. Like yeah. those are really dislike. Everything else, I'm like, it's not terrible. Even yeah. the Rob Zombie yeah. movie, I, I didn't hate the Rob Zombie movie. I found the first one. It's the second one where he needs to bring his wife back. There, there's no acting part for her, so she needs to come back as a ghost <laughs> with a white horse, and it was so weird. yeah, that that got weird. Um, I found it like interesting too like with H2O you have a parallel version of Lori who is like just an alcoholic 
And like, I, what, what was weird though, is like, how does, how does a alcoholic, I guess a functioning alcoholic have become a dean of a school and it, like you would think you would be surprised you, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, just got, I just got hired by a school to to proctor exams so if they're willing to hire somebody <laughs> like me <laughs> i think that's fantastic well I, when i went to the halloween part two um my teacher took me to go see it for me and a couple of classmates because <laughs> our parents were really so my teacher took us <laughs> that's cool heck so. harbor yeah, Mrs. Powers. God wow. bless her soul. Our we went teacher. to see Home Alone too. <laughs> Our teachers were going to take us to see Halloween. Yeah. Oh, my teacher took me to see Friday Thirteenth Part One and Part Two because every the good old days. Well, um, I was like a teacher's pet sort of thing with her. She oh, I can't imagine. Her. And she would like take me to go see horror. I like my parents would go to horror films, and the only way I could get in is she would take me. Just be me and her. My uh, my my cousin paid a drunk guy outside the movie theater uh, twenty bucks to to buy him a t- uh, to buy him a ticket to uh, Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> oh my god, that's do they really shit. enforce that shit? I think they as do as now, but back then I never. I don't think I ever remember that. I know. I, well, I remember Saturday Night Fever. Oh my god, I was like like thirteen years old. My mother brought me to a bunch of screaming girls. Because she was, you know, they couldn't get in. They would not let you in to see it back then. So funny. Yeah, I convinced my mom to take take my friends and I to see The Crow, and she was that movie. pissed. She was not happy that, that we were I making. I love that movie. I love it too. She hated it. Yeah, I can't imagine. My mother's really cool, but I can't imagine her sitting down and watching The Crow with me. I mean, cine- cineplexes are a bit different because the thing is, you can cheat with cineplexes. Yeah, you, know, you, you go, oh, I'm going to go see My Little Pony, and you're actually seeing Freddy Kills Jason. <laughs> so that's what we used to do. So that yeah. actually, the, what? Sorry, my my, uh, my cousin and I paid to see Three Ninjas, and uh, we wanted to sneak into True Lies because we heard Jamie Lee Curtis does a striptease in it, and we actually so in that. We accidentally snuck into Natural Born Killers. I love that movie too. I love my favorite titles today. Oh my god! Actually, um, my secretary, um, she doesn't like violent films whatsoever. So basically, um, she wanted to go see Grumpy, um, Grumpy Old Men. Yeah. You know the one about um, the two guys with the bucket yeah. list. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And too. she showed up at the movie theaters, um, bought her ticket, didn't realize that basically she got the title wrong and went to see um, No Country for Old Men instead. Oh no! <laughs> Which is also a very good movie. It is very good, Actually, but it's extremely violent. It's a total shift. It's extremely <laughs> violent, but it's also like a more like mob movie versus like horror. I, to me, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be pretty horrified if someone like that and that looked like that was trying to kill me and gave me, was it heads or tails? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Heads, tails. I, I said to her, I go, how long did it take you to realize you're in this wrong movie? She goes, she goes, I sat there for about half an hour and when, um, what's his name? Um, the black actor, Morgan Freeman didn't show up. I knew that because I figured something was going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so what about yourself, Vix? What have you been up to? Yeah, you know, it's been not a whole lot. Like this has been a really slow month. We're just kind of getting excited for Halloween and the holiday season is the silly season. I like to call it is going to be upon us pretty soon. Um, I've just been just sticking close to the house because there's so much road construction out front and been taking Asher. We do our BMX and our soccer thing now. 
But uh, we got NASCAR tickets for this weekend, so that ought to be fun. But uh, what did I, I was watching them. I think I wrote you and Joe. I stopped at a certain part after Cat in the Bag because I didn't want to see what happened because I know it's not going to be good. None of this is going to be any good. I'm going to finish watching it, I swear, tonight. But I mean, when that little girl starts going, Cat in the Bag, Cat in the Bag, that was it. It's like, oh, my God, because... You know, the part I think was most distressing about that movie is there really are people like that out there. Scary mm. enough, you know, it doesn't, I don't care who you are, what race, creed, color, there are people that evil out there. And it just really, it really disturbed me. I just, I just, I don't mind watching babies die in movies, but this one bothered me. Don't know why. Usually when the kid gets it, don't bother me. But this one kind of, ah, the, the pillowcase thing just kind of freaked me out. But I started, I got into Stranger Things. Nobody, nobody wanted to watch it. I found out that Asher and Amelia were watching Stranger Things and they got all freaked out and scared by it. And I was like, okay, well, this sounds like something I got to check out. So the kids, <laughs> no, kids won't stay in the room and watch it, but I'm actually getting into Stranger Things right now. And I'm waiting patiently for Dune to come uh, out on HBO Max. Robert, Robert Englund is joining the cast of Stranger Things the next season. Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. I can't I, wait then. That's what's making me now watch it because I, I hadn't given a ship and it's I'm like, wait a minute, Robert really. going to be in the next season? So I'm going to have to check it out. It's a fun I'm show really to watch. It's, it. very, it's very nostalgia. I mean, it's and they the get music. some of it wrong, but the music and the clothes yeah. and everything, it's it's very nostalgic. Yeah. I downloaded all the, the, the music on for my Spotify because so, I listen. Oh my God, I just totally love it. Sort of like American Horror Story, nineteen eighty four. Loved the music to that too. A lot yeah. of people didn't like American Horror Story. I really enjoyed at least the last three episodes of that, particularly the last. I really liked American Horror Story last time. Never seen any of it. And actually, one of my friends, Maria Olson, was in the uh, the Asylum season. I should check. I should go back. Asylum's one of their best seasons, but that just might be me. But my favorite was Roanoke. Really, for some yeah. reason that wasn't my favorite. I liked it in the beginning and it just kind of, I was expecting. I like that it just kept being very meta. Like it kept coming through. Heaven is definitely my all around favorite followed by Freak Show. Freak Show, I mean, that was some fucked up shit. Hotel was pretty bad too. I'll never, you know. I wouldn't need to watch like each season in sequence, right? I could just start no. at the beginning of each no. season. Well, it kind of ties uh-huh. in, kind of, sort of. I don't really get how it's all tying in except to maybe it's, that, like, it's certain perhaps. characters and certain times so you kind of have to watch and know the names so like when they reference a character it's like for instance in in uh freak show dandy the pretty boy killer guy right dandy is related to the guy in roanoke or the, uh, the guy that bought the house in roanoke right so they mention his name so they do like line dot connections of people sometimes these things go you know yeah. and, I'm just not and some characters come over some don't like the you know we're enjoying fall. Well, myself, I started watching Chucky, the television series. That's right. I, just, oh I, God, I forgot. I can't wait. Well, actually, I want to watch. I want to watch it sequentially. So I'm trying to just wait for it to roll out week to week. It's very. I liked it. I think. I think we're in for a treat. I mean, down. I mean, what's great about it? I mean, you know, what one, two, and the rest of them have. They have the same producer and the same people you know, who've done them from the beginning. So it has, you know, so it has that going on. It. And, you know, I'm waiting for, you know, Andy Barclay to come back and the girl to come back from the second one. And Jennifer Tilly's back. And, yeah. you know, even, even the people in the last two Is this movies, a limited season? Well. well, if it does well, I imagine it will continue. I mean, if right. enough people watch it and stuff like this. But, 
I mean, I, I think I find it a real treat sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it, that, I think it will be because yeah. I think um, it's on Sci-Fi and USA, and Sci-Fi doesn't really have any big hitters right now. So depending on the ratings of what it got, um, either network, I think that they will just because they need they need something to have like a good spotlight on them. Right, and it's got good critic ratings actually. The critics are liking it as well. Yeah. I, I like the last couple movies, the direct-to-video uh, movies that, that they did. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this, too. Yeah. I'm quite enjoying that. So I'm interested in that creep show, of course, and Shudder I've been watching. And then um, and Back to Blood. Black, uh, Back oh, to well, I've Blood noticed a lot Tuesday, of so ma- major tweeting on Back to Blood. I see Barbara Crampton tweeting about Back to um Was it Back for Blood or... Yeah, back for did you do the did you do the um, release? Did you record because you were going to or is that coming up? No, I'm doing that this weekend on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I'm playing online with fans. So nice. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. um, And outside of that, um, basically, I had a skin infection that basically um, from my agent asked me to dye my beard for publicity. I was going to say you look really good. (laughs) And then basically it all broke out. (laughs) Oh, no. So now, you know, so now I basically have to shave everything off and now everything's clearing off. But that has been fun. But I've been working from home all week because I can't wear a face mask at the moment. So, so it's kind of a win-win situation. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, can you burn my face again and just take it? <laughs> so now I just, you know, now I just have the mustache and I have to be careful how I shave it so I don't end up looking like a white supremacist. So... <laughs> Got your little Adolf Hitler going. Little, like, line. Excuse me, as I walk through with my white male privilege. With my little <laughs> that reminds me of Rat Race. Did you ever see Rat Race where the guy does that with this, the steering wheel and it does and he burns his tongue and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he's doing it with his hand up. God, I forgot about that movie. So good. Oh my God, I forgot about it. That, the, bar- the Barbie Museum it ended up being like some Nazi guy and they're like, wrong museum, Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually making a note to revisit that movie now because I'm so like, good. oh my God. I, I haven't said I went to a movie theater and saw that. That was like, that's from the 80s, isn't it, Rat Race? The 80s? Mm, early 90s. 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 Yeah. I remember going the... to a Cineplex and seeing it for some reason. I don't know why. But I went and saw it. <laughs> Back when I used to go to the movies like every week. Oh, it's on HBO Max. God, right? I remember. Who's that? What's on HBO Max? Rat Race. It's on HBO Max. Whoa. Mm-hmm. What's this? coming out on HBO Max this week? Anything good? I don't know, but I think the Halloween franchise is available on every single um <laughs> every single format out there. You know, it's what not I, on Amazon. HBO. You, you know, Amazon and Netflix and Sky. For and a mere twenty nine dollars, I don't know if I'm that ambitious for a mere. Tw- I want to see it really bad. I don't know. We thought about going to watch it, so I don't know. You know what isn't is any of the screams, and I was trying to watch because I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh my god, I actually want to go back, and I was like, where the hell? It's not on Netflix. It's not. A, it's not on anything. So they took it's it, so and they, when's they, it being released? The new screen movie, January. January. Yeah, I bet the trailer looks great. December trailer time, what will happen is they'll all be released across all. But then again, they're Disney anyway. The same uh, Dimension Films. Oh, Dimension Films. Yeah, yeah. They're Disney, so they'll probably be on, be on the on the Disney. They're probably on Hulu then or Star. Yeah, for you guys. They're on Pluto TV. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like Pluto, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, they were, they I were on HBO Max Pluto. last month. And I, I, I think I, I think I joked with with Keith and Vicky. I was like, 
because the Scream movies were being taken off HBO Max on September 30th. I was like, yeah, I can't imagine anyone would want to see the Scream movies on October 1st. And, well, that's why I was like, what the hell? Like, usually every year I would go on to Netflix and they were on Netflix. And I was like, um, okay, now they're not on here. I think they'll do what they've done with the Halloweens, though. Basically, they pulled Halloween from everything. And now, if you notice, October 1st, Halloween's on everything now. Because yeah, the sequel, isn't it? Let's, talk, let's get people excited about the movie coming out. So. Yeah. So that's probably what they're doing with um, the stream is probably first of December. It's okay. The movie's coming out in January. So let's get all these out there so people can get excited about this, the next installment. So. Yeah. I was surprised at all the nightmare on um, HBO. So I was watching all those. Warner owns New Line now. So that's that's their property now. Yeah. I didn't know Anthony Michael Hall was going to be in Halloween Kills. How did that get past me? Yeah. I was, uh, there, there were a couple of news articles about it. I didn't see it. Yeah, he's playing the boy. He's playing the little boy that um, Laurie Strode babysat. Tommy. Oh, well, that makes Thanks, sense. Tommy. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they got they got Kyle Richards back from Beverly um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills back as Lindsay because she was the original Lindsay. So that was quite, that's gonna be quite nice to see her. And then I think the original sheriff, right? Because there's one yeah. that was a sheriff, like the yeah, younger Charles sheriff, Cyphers not the older back. sheriff. Yeah, yeah. Carl yeah. Cyphers is back, which is really cool. Yeah. And Kyle Richards on the set of it broke her nose. Oh God. <laughs> Really? Okay, she's got a new nose. So. <laughs> free, free nose job, yay! Precisely. Pay for it. How did you get a new? How do you get your nose job? Well, Michael Myers broke my nose when I was <laughs> running away from him. <laughs> well, the original Lindsay grew up to be a very beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a lot of the Botox and positivity will be free. Well, hey, don't knock the Botox. <laughs> Leave the Botox alone. Speaking of Botox, this brings us to Killer Party, which is a 1986 <laughs> comedic supernatural slasher film directed by William Frett and starring Martin Hewitt, Ralph Seymour, Elaine Wilkes, Joanna Johnson, Sherry Willis-Birch, and Paul Bartell. It follows a trio of female sorority pledges who unleash a demonic force after participating in an in- initiation ritual in an abandoned house on their university's campus. So before we discuss Killer Party from 1986, let's listen to the trailer. I wonder what Mrs. Henshaw is going to do now. Go to me. Now, I'm going to break it up. 20 years ago, I was Everybody else boxing in their brains Yeah. 
Welcome back to the Literary License Podcast, and we're discussing Killer Party from 1986. So, Joe, what are your thoughts of Killer Party? Um, it's it's weird because it starts out with a double fake out. <laughs> right. Kind of got me because I was watching I it yesterday. And I'm, and I'm like, and it's funny because that opening sequence, I'm sitting there, my roommate's watching it with me, and I'm basically calling every line. I'm like, this is like every cliche in the book. And I'm like, oh, okay. She's watching a movie. Okay, cool. And then they're watching the movie and it turns into they are currently in a music video, which, again, I'm like, okay, that's 10 minutes. So nothing's happened yet. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a double fake out, which I, I kind of appreciated. But at the same time, I, I kind of groaned at it. Um, I didn't realize that it was supposed to be comedic when I, uh, when I first started it. But then I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to, starting to kind of get it. Um, and I lit up when I saw Paul Bartel's name show up because I'm like, shit, yeah, Eating Raul is one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest comedies I've ever seen. I love him in everything, every cameo he's ever done, he's fantastic, and he, and he usually steals the show. So it was pretty cool to see him in this. Um, yeah, but, I mean, besides that, it took a long while to get to to get going. Like, you don't really get to any of the any of the stuff that you want in like a slasher movie until like the last like 25 to tw- uh, 25 minutes to half an hour, roughly. So it was kind of, kind of a strange watch for me. I didn't really know what to make of it entirely. I'm going to have to uh, go back and check it out eventually. Um, overall, it got, it got a little bit better. There's um like, I, I, the, the stuff that stuck out to me, uh, like the, uh, the whole, um, the whole thing with the bees and then they're, they're filming them. Yeah. They're showing it at the meeting. And I'm, I'm amazed that like the teachers are like joining in and laughing at it while Paul Bartel is trying to like shut everything down. And I'm like, <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs> the I teachers know. would never be laughing at this. Well, especially um, the female teacher, right? Wasn't it? It wasn't, um, there was yeah, another the older teacher. Female it wasn't this Her- Hernshaw. No. Or she was, um, she was like, I, 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 what was it her? Like, no, it wasn't she's... because she got killed. Remember, she got killed at the she start. She gets killed like, at the beginning, the yeah. One. Yeah. The first one to go. So, so yeah, it's kind of weird seeing, like, a female teacher kind of laughing, like, oh, this is great. I'm like, oh, so fucking weird. It's a strange little movie, though. It did, yeah, it, enjoyed, it, did. it, it took an ass-beating for, for, you know, from, like, the Fort Worth Star Telegram and Town Talk. I guess even Joe Bob, he gave it, a, was it saying, a slight recommendation based on its excessive number of murders, but deemed it supernatural elements redolent of the Exorcist 73 and Poltergeist of 82, whatever that means. Yeah, it, it felt like it couldn't decide what it wanted to be. It was, uh, it was, it seemed like it was giving a nod to a lot of movies, didn't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it gave me um, Black Christmas with the whole, yes. you couldn't see who the killer yep. was. Exactly. That, yeah. Um, it definitely, I would say it was like, I agree. Nothing sort of happens after that woman gets killed and you're just waiting for someone to die. And then it's like, 
it's like Squid Game. It's or whatever it's called. The, oh, don't the get new me going one. on that. I love it, Squid. No, no, but I'm saying it's like literally <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Like they start dropping like flies. And you're like, holy shit. Like everyone's just getting killed. Like, like awesome, and man. creatively. It wasn't just like, let's just, you know, stab someone. It's like, let's beat this one with a hammer. You know, like, <laughs> like what the hell? Well, that's the strange like, thing. Is they got a hammer I can borrow? Yeah. They they kept going back and doing the fake outs, like the guillotine fake out, and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so that that was the thing. That, like I, I'm I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, that's that's gonna well, be a she prank. Was a prankster like, though, wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah, all, yeah, like the first hour, like almost everything except uh, Paul Bartel and the other teacher dying are all pranks. Everything's a prank, so it yeah. kind of it, it feels kind of weird when it's like, oh, okay, this is actually a murder now. The, these are actual kills now. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, I mean, once the once the actual kill started, they were they were kind of fun. Um, kind of like the um, the 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 deep dive um, the deep dive suit that the killer was wearing uh, towards yeah. the end. I but did really I think like, that. Where, where did yeah. that come from? Because it was like there, and then it, it wasn't, wasn't there. Well, didn't they have a bunch of junk like, in this house, though. There yeah. was the shit strewn all over that place. So. Yeah, and I, in the beginning, that who was it that went and talked to the headstone? Who was that? Angela, no wait, not Angela. That was the other movie. Um, who was it? Mrs. Henshaw. Yeah, she asked them not to do their their hazing. You know what? As far as hazing, I mean, if some, I've never had any urge to belong to anything like that yeah, when I was in yeah. college, and just because of just if anybody ever fucked with me that bad, I mean, most of them bitches would be bald. Literally, I mean that that was just. <laughs> I, I just I um, mean girls on steroids. Uh, I was part of fraternity, so I went through all that when I was. In Fuck that! I just yeah. found like it's it was interesting because I kind of I think it also poked fun at like Animal Party and Porky's, like those films where it's like the overly sexualization of like you know the Anything. women. It's like looking. Oh my god, they're all like oogling, oogling, and we actually we get that in. Um, night of the demons too but it's like they kind of make fun of those movies where like that is prominent in like the frat houses where it's like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and it's like extreme close-up of the boobs or you know or this the was, this, these two movies let's face it beer and boob yeah. we should have said this is the beer and boob podcast today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seriously uh, but i, I, I mean, like I think what I quite like about Killer Party, I saw Killer Party when it came out. Um, we were drunk and I was in college at the time. And I kind of remember it's like, now this was supposed to have been April Fool's Day. Right. And of course, April Fool's Day, this is a Canadian picture, and April Fool's Day was being released the same year by an American company. So this one had to change its name to Killer Party. So that's what we got. And then, we first, then we got the Deborah Foreman version of April Fool's Day, the American. Which is are two different movies, but they're had the same. Well, they had to change the name, didn't they, because of the other movie that came out? Yeah. So, and I guess because if this is called April Fool's Day, I probably would give you more of an idea of what you're probably going to go see. But because they changed the title to Killer Party because of you know reasons just were said, so therefore you never quite knew what you're getting. And what I quite like about this is that they're all quite likable, though they don't. And another thing is they don't really do. This is one of those weird movies where your characters are not doing a lot of most eighties films that we'll notice, where especially with the slasher genre, that they we have a lot of eighties characters doing a lot of really stupid things and making really yes. stupid decisions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But here they don't really make those stupid decisions. They're kind of like, you know, there's like they're kind of 
it's kind of a it's kind of a meta film before meta films before the nineties meta films came around. Yeah, and another thing is, I think that the it's got an off kilter sense to it, and I think that's because it's Canadian. And like the films you mentioned, like Porky's and yeah. Black Christmas and films like that, they're all Canadian films as well, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it kind of looks at this American culture from an, an outside lens, which is which I, that's what I quite like about Killer Party a little bit. Now. Yeah. It does hang together very, very strangely. It's a very, very strange film that there was com- composited together, but it's an interesting one, and I think that's that's what I thought it was fun about it because it kind of sets you off. The only th- you're just expecting Leslie Nielsen to show up at some point, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, one of the things I thought when you have these types of characters that are so over the top, where you're like, um, you know all of the fraternity guys, but then the, the other two guys, which I can't remember if it was um, Virgil and I forget the other guy's name, but those two are like so slapsticky. But then you have like Jennifer, who is from the very start, hyper aware of something's amiss. <laughs> like literally she's walking and like, she is, she is like, you know, when, when you look at like Halloween, for example, Lori walks and she sees something. It takes her a couple minutes to be like, something's going on. Jennifer is like, who's there? <laughs> like literally like the first scene where someone's lurking. She's like, did you see that? Who's that? And like she literally was like right in the, like. And so throughout the movie, it's interesting that she's the one who actually becomes possessed because she's hyper aware of everything that's going right. on around where her. Where have whereas, I seen her before? That actress. She just know. looks like Elizabeth Shue. She does, yeah. yeah. My, my my roommate and I like could not be like, oh my god, she looks so much like Elizabeth. You think Shue that's that we what it is? It Hasn't she been? Maybe not so much Elizabeth. She Shue, was in the I bold see. and the beautiful. Oh, there you that's go. That's okay. That was driving me well, freaking crazy. I will. I will say though, what what made me hysterically laugh is when she does get possessed because it reminded me of Days of Our Lives when Marlena got possessed. And it oh just, my god, I forgot about that. You couldn't take it seriously because she's like, oh, you know, and then she's climbing the walls. And I mean, I was dying laughing watching this movie. And I'm like, I am I supposed to be laughing? Or am I supposed to be taking this serious? Like their lives are in danger. I thought she did a pretty good job of being possessed, though. I agree. Yeah. And, and it's funny that they put her in the costume and they deliberately took her out of that costume because how would you know that? Right. Like, so they almost had to put her in the, you know, the diver costume. And then they're like, OK, well this is not going to work. That's how are they going to know she's possessed? Okay, let's just now take her out of it. <laughs> so I was like, what happened to the diver outfit? <laughs> you were the diver and then now you're not the diver. When did she get possessed though? It was throughout the film because remember she kept kind of having little dizzy spells and she's like, oh, right. I don't feel well. And then things... You, so now, th- this all transpired as soon as they entered the house. Yeah. That yeah. they were supposed to enter. Okay. And they kept hearing, or she kept hearing Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was just wondering like, why you picked that? her. That's all because there were so many others, like like the evil socialite, you know, Veronica, yeah, mean girl, Veronica. Yeah, oh my she god, she was such a bitch. Oh my god, oh. she was. Yeah. She, I mean, she did a great job making you hate her. She really I like did. that her friends were not the typical. Like again, it goes to the Canadian versus American. There, her friends were well balanced. Like Vivian was smart, kind of geeky, nerdy, and then Jennifer uh, Phoebe was the one that was like very smart. You know, knew what she was doing, trying, and even when she kind of falls for Alan or not right. Alan, what's his name? Um, 
She falls for the guy. I can't think of what his name is. Oh, no. Um, Um, Oh, she falls for Albert. So she falls for Albert. She's still a little bit like, are you playing me? What's going on? And then she knows that Veronica, I guess, dated him and was like, back away. He's mine. (laughs) And then then they're like, he's not yours. He's mine. You know, she's still very much like, I'm not a dumb girl who's going to just fall for some guy. Like, you know, but yeah, I, I like the film. I thought it was interesting because it, I definitely see that it pokes fun at, you know, that, that college frat humor, but then it tries to kind of balance it with the mystery of like, who's doing this. Cause at one point I thought it was the, the um, Martin. Cause I thought, is he, is he like a, like character, like a, I'm trying to think of what horror movie where it, it, it's like, basically you think this is a killer and it's not. And all of a sudden you realize it's, Oh, it's a geek in the background. I thought like, is he the one who's doing this? Is he the one? And then when I realized it's like a, an actual apparition or a demon, I was like, what was he oh, supposed okay. to actually be dressed up as the geek with the boobs? What was he supposed to be? I don't know. Oh. He's supposed to be dressed as a fraternity girl. Is that uh, what he, he mentioned the name of who, who he was, God, I, I, I'm blanking now because when he walks into the party, he says, he says something uh, and I can't remember it. I cannot remember it now. He, but um, he was interesting because I thought he was, I just thought he was a little stalker and weird <laughs> at first, especially when he comes Well, he to was her. a stalker. Yeah. You when know, he comes to Jennifer and he's were... like, hey, can I come in? And she's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you don't need to come in here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a little bit of a creep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little, little seedy. <laughs> You know what I'm realizing now as I'm thinking about it? This kind of reminded me of student bodies. I don't know if uh, you guys are familiar. Uh, another Canadian yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Richard Belzer, I think, is the only person whose name I remember, who I remember being in that. Um, but, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. And, yeah, it is another Canadian film. That's true. Shit. <laughs> Which was the yeah. one that we reviewed, too, Keith, that we did that was around – two friends going to a house and then that, I'm trying to now remember it's, it was like they're, they're college roommates and then they go to this house. And I, I, I was trying to, for the life of me, remember it. And it reminded me a lot of that too, just the, the smartness to the characters and how they interact with each other. And they weren't falling for certain things or very aware of their environment and what was going on. So it just, and I think it was a Canadian film. I have to go back. It was one of the ones. So another did. Canadian film that came out around the same time is Happy Birthday to Me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. and if you look at what I quite like about Canadian horror films is that the endings, they're not good endings. No. Not, like, <laughs> not as a you know, whole. No, you know they're not like these happy endings. I mean, even the ending of this is that you know that the evil hasn't been finished. It's not finished. Yeah, it's still there. You know what I mean? They they don't finalize anything. Happy birthday to me. This is like the way that ends. Basically the same. It's like there's no happy ending to this or any, or Black Christmas. Or, yeah, I was gonna you know, say Black Christmas yeah. either. There's no happy ending there. No. Yeah. I don't think and that's what I quite like about it. It's kind of like you're, it's like you're watching an American film that's kind of off kiltered. That's what I quite like about, and that's yeah. and Killer Party does that. But another thing I quite found interesting also is that the women are not sex. You know, they're not the, the sex sex objects in this movie. If you notice that the women are quite sexually savvy themselves, yeah. You know, like she's yeah. in the car, she's trying to seduce the guy, and she goes, <laughs> "Yeah, that's true." Yeah. And that and that's quite an interesting thing, especially like in an eighties film. Okay, we're quite norm we're normalized to you know how the women have now you know taken back, back the power. But in the eighties, which you'll see like in Night of the Demons, is very very much of a 
male hormonal film sort of thing where yeah. this one is not really a male hormonal film this is a these feet these girls pretty much it's like if i'm going to sleep with someone it's because i want to sleep with them it's not going to be because of anything else and i thought yeah. that was quite an refreshing thing for a 1983 yeah. film and especially when you have that sort of sorority girl against sorority girl, it was more the women against the women in that sense. Like if you look at just how Veronica treated them all, it was like she was trying to dominate them because she had something they wanted, which was to be in that house. So they were kind of allowing it, but going, well, yeah, once I'm in, because you notice their confidence change once they became goats, right? Is that what you go? It's bad. Once they became goats, they pushed a little bit back more like, okay, whatever, you know, except for the goat eyeball stuff, you know, just like, (sighs) they probably went to a butcher. (laughs) Normally, normally, normally when you actually eat goat eyeballs, actually, they normally blindfold you and they tell you they're goat, but normally it's like, some kind of like grape or thing that they. I think this was a grape. I trust it wasn't, no one like, when, college. When you, no, but when you watch it, it is a grape. <laughs> like they're they're giving him a grape. They're not giving him an eyeball. Like that would be yeah. gross. Where we get goat eyeballs anyway? At your local butcher. Yeah, we have all kinds of ethnic stores down the road and stuff because we got a big culture. Well, you probably do yourself, John. We you can pick up goats' heads. You can pick up anything. You can pick up anything. Like if you go to a butcher, you pretty much can pick up anything. Yeah, I'm sure. Hello, testicles, like goat. Testicles, you know, yeah, mountain oysters and head cheese. Oh. <laughs> it's like brains. You want cow brains? Ooh. Oh, tripe. Ooh. I'll never understand. People like tripe. The Spanish people here like Ooh. tripe and stuff. So I can't do it. Yeah, no. Yeah, but, they, drink, they eat that in Spain a lot. Yeah, anyway, well, probably good you, for you. You mentioned the, uh, you know, the, the the whole sexual thing, but in in this one, like there there the the sequence with the eggs, kind of looked like it kind of looked like porn the way they shot it. The girls just laying there like yeah, over like ah. yeah. yeah, it was odd looking. I have to admit, there was a reason for that. <laughs> now I have to sit there and say with this film, it's my, I mean, I this is the first time I've seen this film since nineteen eighty six. So I have seen like, it, but, but I have to sit there and say it always stuck in my head. I think what what always stuck in my head was the. The blonde-haired girl with the red glasses, for some reason, she always stuck in my head, running around. Yeah. The well, she's the so heroine, like the final. Well, she was sort of the final girl. Yeah, kind of. Sort of, <laughs> until, you know, <laughs> what's her name gets, Phoebe gets possessed, and she's like, you're with me, now. <laughs> Don't put me in there. But I can remember, like, when I first saw it, I was like going, where in the hell is this going? And then by the end of it, it's like, I got, and I, there's something about it is like, isn't, is it a great film? No, but it has a film that will that kind of just stays with you, and it has stayed with yeah. me for over forty years. This film, sort of thing, I don't know what it is, but it does also feel like a film that they were putting together as they were filming it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, it was a fun. So where we go now? It was fun. I thought it was fun. My favorite scene was like, I mean, towards the end when she's possessed and she's literally like destroying the house. Like, right. I just thought that was like so fun. Like, just can you imagine filming that? I mean, I would be laughing my ass off it, filming like You're a trying scene to get where, out the window. Window. Yeah, I mean they're tr- well, they're trying to get up the stairs, and then it's like trying to get out the window, and like, oh god, so good. And you know that girl broke her legs when she jumped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's an odd little film, but I think I think it's one that you know, I think it dissolves a, a, a greater cult stages than what it probably does have, sort of thing. I think it's one of these films that kind of got got kind of forgotten about. And there are other ones that got cult status that I don't really think deserve cult status, but this one I think kind of deserves cult status and i say we make a i think it makes a good double feature with the next one that we're going to discussing but it also makes yeah. a great double feature with april fool's day as well yeah 
I, 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 I was, go yeah, go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I agree. And I think it's like one of these films that just the whole meta aspect, which you were talking about, Joe, is like, I, I was like impressed because I was like, huh, I thought that was more of a newer generational thing, but that was impressing, impressive to be like, when I started watching the film, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was like, this is so cheesy. And then what's interesting is American Horror Story with the whole movie theater in the beginning of it did an episode about like people turning in a, in a drive-in. And I, I was like, oh my God, I wonder if they, the writer of that was like, I remember this from this movie and I'm going to make a whole episode about this on American Horror Story where a film director creates a film and makes everyone go crazy. And so I was like, I was that really impressed. That comes from that. an Italian film that um, Demons or Demons. Oh, Demons. Demons 1 and 2 are, is basically on that premise, basically. They go to movie okay. theaters and what's happening on the screen starts happening inside the movie theater. So I think. Yeah, that's cool. I love that movie. Which has some one of the greatest soundtracks you ever want to hear. Right. Demon. Demon. So uh, that the, brings what? Oh, Tony, I was um, say is this this uh, this actually makes it so that now uh, on April Fool's Day, if I want to watch a horror movie, I can actually alternate between this and April Fool's Day and Slaughter High. Like, there's more of them now. It doesn't have to be the same one every year. I'm sorry, Keith. Go ahead. No, no, I totally agree with you, sort of thing. And this this is a nice little fun one, actually. I think this is one that. I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm actually gonna go out and buy this on Blu-ray at one point, sort of thing, just to have in my collection and it's drag fun. out and show people who are a bit weird who would like this. <laughs> Me and like us. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to Night of the Demons from 1987, which is an American supernatural horror film directed by Kevin S. Tenney, written and produced by Joe Augustin, and starring Amelia Kincaid, Kathleen Podwell, Linnea Quigley, Hal Havens, and Alvin Alexis. The plot follows a group of high school students who throw a party inside an isolated funeral parlor. While attempting a seance, they accidentally release a demon locked in this crematorium that begins to possess them one by one. This was filmed in Los Angeles in 1987. Night of Demons premiered in Detroit in September of that same year, followed by a wider release in 1988. It grossed $3.1 million at the box office. Though it received a mixed critical response, the film would later become a cult classic in the years since its release. It's followed by two sequels, as well as a 2009 remake of the same name. So we'll cut to the trailer and be right back. A full moon. A spooky, deserted mansion. Halloween night. All right, dudes! And dudesses! <laughs> Let's party! Ten kids. All they want to do is raise a little hell. Now, as long as they live, they'll wonder what's gotten into them. Night of the Demons. Stigma. 
Blessed be the sinners, for the day of atonement is at hand. Stop looking at me! Welcome back to Literature License Podcast. We're discussing Night of the Demons from 1987. So, John, what are your thoughts of Night of the Demons? I cannot believe I remember this film. Like, I mean, it's crazy. When I saw this, I was like, wait a minute. I've totally seen this film. And then as I was watching, I was like, I remember this. I remember this. I remember the um, the goth girl. What's her name? Uh, Angela. And remember her, and I definitely remember Suzanne. <laughs> like Suzanne, the Valley Girl. Remember, how do you not remember Suzanne? <laughs> I know Suzanne is. You cannot not remember Suzanne. Um, I what I didn't know was the director also did Witchboard, and that movie I think was one of the first movies that scared the hell out of me because it, I went to go see it with my cousins when when we went to go back to Oklahoma with my my family went to go back there. We sat down, we were watching this one night and we were like, what do we get? So we went to, you know, get, get a VHS and we're like, we picked that one. So we get home, we watch it. And I remember that night I was like, I could not sleep with the guy with the ax. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is the same director. Oh my God, this is amazing. I didn't know that. The same I had the exact same experience with Witchboard and then Witch Trap. Oh, I God, was yeah. terrified of those movies. And that's why when I, uh, when I first went out to LA, I sought out Kevin Tenney. I was like, dude, I got to meet you. He, yeah and, and what's funny about like witchboard is it's there's just like two scenes that you're like oh my god and it's traumatizing because <laughs> you watch it, it's a big build up build up build up you know and um but getting back to this i mean i love um i love the aspect of like you know people getting trapped in a house and getting trapped and how do they get out and then you know one by one they're getting c- kind of picked off um and i found it funny because it's almost like jay and judy i mean Jay and Judy, the couple, the super couple here, you know, were like literally um, who, why, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but um, Janet and Brad from, <laughs> from <laughs> Rocky Horror, Horror. It just, just the way that they, oh, you know, every time Judy would talk, it's like, oh, Jay, oh, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're saying Witchboard, what always remind me of Witchboard is one of my favorite actresses. Whenever I, whenever I, whenever I see her name on something, I get really excited. But Kathleen um, Withoit, yeah. she played the the hippie one in Witchboard. Yeah, it was uh, Zarabeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zarabeth, yeah. It's like you know, she has like albums out on Spotify and everything that Lauren does. But she's always that's what reminds what Witchboard. When I ever say Witchboard, that's I always think of her for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, what are the uh, what, in the movie? And I became a a weird groupie. The actor that plays Doctor <laughs> Feel in uh, in the uh, the films that Dave and I made, the Caesar and Otto films, the actor who plays Doctor Feel uh, apparently is friends with her. So that, that uh, I've heard she's really cool. 
never met her myself but uh but she yeah she's she's another one that's pretty awesome and everything like uh, if you've seen dream uh dream demon yeah it's another one that she's in she's really good in that um which is bad dreams as well i think and what bad Bad dreams Dreams with jennifer rubens i think she might be seeing yeah i think she's in that too yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i i you know i i search her out i still follow her oh she's got that coming out so i will watch that or she'll let like be a I don't know, CSI for an episode or something. I'll pop up, pop her in there sort of thing. But um, getting back to Night of the Demons, I have, I like it. I mean, it's, it's a, I loved it. It's, you know, when you see Linnea, Linnea quickly, quickly. You know, I love her in this. For some reason, I mean, she just, her introduction. Yeah. Ooh, just her that, outfit. I know. <laughs> with the bow. I know. With her, well, yeah, with the little pigtail bow, you know. About that scene, the, uh, the, the, the clerk behind the counter, um, the, the one to the right of the frame is uh, the actor James W. Quinn, who uh, uh, plays Lloyd in Witchboard, and then he's the lead in Witch Trap. He's the voice of the demon anytime that there's like a demonic voice. It's oh, the guy who funny. is the clerk behind, uh, that, that's checking out Linnea Quigley's ass. So um, <laughs> that, was like, that was hysterical and brilliant because I was like, I, mean, I was like at one point like, oh, this is totally literally eye candy for anyone. And then I was like, oh my god, she's totally using like, oh, do do do, while her friend is ripping them off, which was like brilliant. It was so good. They yeah. never caught on that it's taken her that long to look at Ty. Yeah. <laughs> do you think they care? Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. She just walks mm-hmm. out of that. It's just straight out of the store. No one stopping her. They're That's kind of huge. mesmerized, though, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I feel sorry for Roger in this movie. Who doesn't feel sorry for Roger? <laughs> I know. Poor Roger. I mean, he was, he, by the way, he was wanting to climb over that wall. <laughs> he was really like, how the hell do I get out of here? <laughs> well, I that I mean, part where he tries to ditch, uh, he tries to ditch, um, uh, what's the, the lead girl's name? Tries to ditch her at the end when, uh, Angela uh, or says, uh, Stewart's no, coming at her. He's like, yep, I'm out. Yeah, Judy. Well, which, by the way, okay, he's like climbing and she's like, I can't. Okay, well, bye. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, he was like, well, here, there's a thing. I, he was like, I'm going for it. He just went. And he, you know, I was like, yeah, I mean, wouldn't you do the same? You try to help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. And then he's like, okay. He hears her bloody, bloody screaming. Okay, fine. <laughs> Then he goes and you know saves her. I like when they're on the way to the house and they pass by the man, the old man with the the grocery razor blades. Is that the guy with the razor blades (laughs) and the apple? Yeah, my my favorite. My favorite is like they're so like mean to him, and then Judy comes along. You're like, can I help you? He's like, get away from me, y'all. I know what a dick. (laughs) He was not a nice old man. He's like the epitome of mean old man for sure. It reminded me of an intrant when I watched Trick or Treat yesterday because there's a similar mean old man in that too that is like it comes back to haunt him, you know. Don't you think his old lady decided to give him that apple pie on purpose? Oh, I think she was tired of his shit. It crossed my mind because yeah. she kisses him on the forehead after he's clearly dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. She didn't want to let that fruit go to waste. Mm-hmm. Nice apple um, pie. This I, does have one of those classic um, moments. This cl- one of those classic eighties moments where 
And I think this happens in every 80s movie, whether it's a comedy, drama, or a horror film, is that you can tell that the music was added in afterwards because yeah. the dancing that they're doing is like actually not the music they must be dancing to. Yeah. I mean, when Angela's doing that dance, and that, they bring that music and you're like... It's not in sync completely either. No. They never well, that's insane. Though. It had to be added afterwards. Because even, even when what's her name, Angela's dancing around the room, it's like, <laughs> this is not really... This is kind of... I, I picture something else. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how. I mean, I don't know how music rights were done in those days. I think nowadays they secure the music rights before they even go do, do the film. Nowadays, but back then they kind of put the music in afterwards because it would take that long to get music rights. Yeah. But but you can always tell. It's just like I mean, it would be like like this, and all of a sudden there'll be like some like Sex Pistols playing in the background. And they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like just popping up and down. Like, or they're up and down, and it'll be like some kind of like weird mid tempo ballad playing. You're like, what's going on? Yeah, do you really believe that Stooge picked those songs based on based on I what know. it looks like? I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stooge, I mean, it's like he was basically like I I don't know how they cast him, but I mean they cast him well, but the thing is, oh, we need to make you look a bit punk, and then you put oh we'll put a couple little stripes in your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. The little zigzags. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, you're so new wave, Stooge. Oh, you're so new wave. <laughs> He was um he was the caretaker of the haunted house in Kevin Tenney's Witch Trap, which is the movie he made right before this. So he probably figured he probably was was on that set when you know you might you might be good for this. You're a big guy, and there's all this stuff about him being a fat pig. So that's probably how it came about. It was yeah, weird to know that like, Rod- okay, we're gonna make you, we're gonna make you a bit punk. We're gonna put like a little stripe in your head. <laughs> it's weird that Roger and um <laughs> and Helen were friends with him because I felt like Helen was very like geeky school girl and Roger is like, you know, football, you know, football league guy, you know, like it would seem like to me more like Franny and um, Max would be more his friends, the way their personalities were. Um, or even, even uh, what was her name? Um, Angela. Like I would surprise, you know, I'm surprised Angela wouldn't be that, you know. Well, I'm surprised Angela was even at this party sort of thing, really. She kind of like, Right. Her personality didn't really. Even the people that she was friends with, she didn't seem like she was friends with. It's kind of odd. She's kind but of. But like, isn't that the goth girl? Of, oh, I hate everyone. I hate they, everyone and everything. You know. And they really like, elaborate I thought, I that. She was a goth that. Girl. I just thought because she, that was her Halloween costume. No, they I don't have to. Then the, 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 re, the reboot in two thousand nine because she's totally out there in the new one. They're yeah. the newer mm-hmm. one, I should say. I think she totally is goth girl. Like I picture it like that's like people would be like, oh, is that your Halloween costume? She's like, no. <laughs> Like this is what I wear every day. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, like, I think, I think they have Lene do the. Hat. Yeah. I think in the the remake, if I remember correctly, because I've only seen it the one time when it first came out. I think they have Linnea doing the whole bending over thing. Uh, I think that's the way they introduce her again in that, isn't it? Mm. I, don't, I don't. I didn't I see. They've done a staircase, I think, for Angela. Angela. No, no, for um, uh, Linnea Quigley, because I know Linnea yeah. is in the remake. I think they introduced her the same way. I think she's still in that. In that costume, and I think she's bent oh over. Oh my god, that's hysterical! I, I don't think remember. That. I, I think there was another girl. She was dressed like a cat. I want to say, and she was the. It she wasn't was, quite the same. Thing. They really took a. It was quite different in a lot of ways. The second one or the two thousand nine reboot. Well, you almost have to modernize because this is definitely that feel of <laughs> you know, like how do you? Because this is like very a timed piece. Like this is an eighties piece. Like very specific. Yeah, if, if oh, yeah. Um, 
you know, the women are there to be Googled at and then the men are there to get laid and yeah, pretty much the whole premise. Who was it? So was well, it, um, was it Rod? Who was it? Judy discovers. Oh, Jay invited her there just to have sex. So that, yes. you know, and even even the relationship with like her and her brother, you know, like the bratty brother, you know, and the overbearing. Yeah, what's with mom. the bratty brother checking out her sister's boobs? You know what the <laughs> <Yeah>. hell? <laughs> that was hysterical. Like I was like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, is there supposed to be incest in this movie? <laughs> and then he's like trying to be protective of her when the other when Sal comes by, and he and even that was like really funny. Tell me, a brat, or I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you in the face or whatever. I forget what he said. And I was like, and then the kid's like, oh yeah, she's going here. I'm like, what? My brothers, like, my, I keep my brothers never hidden any of my closets. I would have I would have fucked that little shit up. <laughs> it was in my family. <laughs> he sells her out for a dollar. I know yeah, for a dollar. He's like, I have fifty cents. Fifty cents. Okay, here's a dollar. Okay, fine. <laughs> Well, I mean, the worst thing is like um, with Judy and Jay sexing. Well, the sexing that doesn't happen. Yeah, right. And he, and he goes, "Well, you went out with Stu, and he, and he goes, just because I went out with Susan, I didn't put up with him." And she, he goes, "Well, did you?" She goes, "I don't have to answer that." So, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, "Is like you know, because you know, like you were know, with Stu, obviously with Jay's not going to be that bad. <laughs> she slept with yeah. Stu already, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, seriously." Some of the Halloween costumes are a bit safe. I mean, I guess we got the Alice in Wonderland outfit sort of right. thing. And I thought that was actually smart because it's got going down the rabbit hole. So for her, it was literally like another yeah. world for her, you know. But, but none of the other ones really dressed up, did they, really? No. Like, well, what was, Linnea, what was Linnea supposed to be? I mean... What did she say she was with the pink bows in her hair and the pink dress? What was she? I mean, probably like a baby doll, because that's what she looks like. Because she had the pink right. tails and the pink dress. The, the thing and, right here, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I mean, I don't think I think um you know, Jay didn't dress up. He was like, I'm not dressing. Remember, he was like, I'm not dressing up, that's for kids or whatever. So he didn't he didn't even Oh, I don't do ever that. trust anybody about Halloween parties. They'll say, dress up, dress up. I know, because last time I was the only one dressed up. I ain't gonna follow this shit again. You know, you just never know. People, yeah. they lie. Just dress up as yourself and just say that you're a serial killer and you look like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I'm, used, I'm Joe on his day off. <laughs> yeah. Or get a garbage bag and just put a garbage bag over you and go, what are you, on white trash? <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. White trash. That's a good one, actually. It's easy, too. Yeah, just put a garbage bag on. Of course, comes to work. Put it on. I'm dressed. <laughs> So, but um, no, I quite. I mean, I think Night of Demons holds up quite well. Actually, it's a fun little definitely. You know, yeah. the 80s, and it moved very, very well, and it's funny. You and know, the, the demon changes are well done in it. Yeah, the, the special effects are not badly done in it, and they hold up. Quite Angela's well. transformation is quite impressive. I think you know, yeah. and those scenes, like I when I first saw this movie, um, I it was on late night cable in like the the uh, the mid nineties. I was like 12, 13 years old. <laughs> and those uh, those scenes of Angela just kind of floating through the hallway. Yeah. That stuff always bothers me. Yeah. That, that sliding, that moonwalking across the floor, corpse-like action stuff, that always gives me the heebie oh, Even the scene where she sticks the, you know, the lipstick into her boob. I was yes. like, wow. What's the deal with <laughs> that? Even. She like, like, like shoves it in. I was like, the oh girl my God. has skills, that's for sure. 
And then she's like, stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. And then she pokes his eyes out. And I forget what she says when, when remember, um, Sal comes back and he's like, what the fuck? Like, what happened? And she says something like very, um, like to that effect, like something about like looking at, he, he looked at me too much or something. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh. It, was good. it was fun. I, I love that film. I love that. It's, it, I remembered it because I was like, Oh my God, I totally remember this film and being like, uh, the, like you said, her floating down the, the freaking hallway and she, she demonically started progressively, progressively looked worse. So every scene you would see her, it was like, okay, now it's this, now it's her, when she's burning her hand and then all of a sudden it's like, then she's got boils and then she's got, it looked like her crown almost turned into snakes the way that her hair was. It was like Medusa. It did kind of look Gorgon like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I love this movie. It, it's kind of it's kind of the, the 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 gateway, most easily accessible uh, Kevin Tenney movie. And when people like anybody that I've met wouldn't know who uh, love you Ke- uh, love you Kevin. A lot of people that I meet don't know Kevin Tenney's name, but then when you mention he directed Night of the Demons, everyone's like, oh my god, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. And this is it's a fun it's a fun little Halloween movie. And like at this point, I've seen it like dozens of times by now at this point in my life and i still enjoy it and it's it's still fun it does hold up really really well yeah um and if um if you see this and you like it i'm sure john will agree with me on this check out witchboard i love witchboard i love i haven't seen that for years i'm gonna check there's also like no over there's no overthinking the plot which i do like about this is that it's a simple plot they go to a house they fuck up they open some they they look into a mirror and they open up pandora's box and and now it's like shit how do we get out of this situation and same same with witchboard right it's we mess around with something and we wake something up and now it's coming after us and it's a very simple non-complex plot you know why do they always have to have those kind of the like the incinerators you know that clearly you know look like they're for bodies well, she well, thought she, it was an exit, which I thought was hysterical. Judy's like, oh, there's a door right here. <laughs> she goes <laughs> open and she's like, oh, crap. No, it's not. <laughs> you mean in this old converted funeral parlor, there's a crematorium? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, me. that's true. That's oh, my God. And I forgot the other scene, too, where she is like badass with her, you know, where she gets a pipe and she's like, when she's burning uh, and or Angela, yeah. That was a cool scene. Angela's definitely the star of the show, I think. Her and yeah. Roger. I don't know why I felt so bad. That poor guy. I mean, isn't didn't he stay in the car in the beginning of the movie mostly? He he was a, he him and uh I forget what's her name were the smart ones. They're like, we're getting out of here. And then they just yeah. put it because which was another weird thing that the demon was the keeping them in. Like it was like the wall just kept moving. It, it, this movie, I mean, if you're looking for fun Halloween stuff, I mean, don't let your kids watch it, I guess. You know, there are, there are limits. But, I mean, it is fun to watch. I no, mean, I, I was I laughing. I let your teenagers watch it. I think, you know. Maybe teenagers maybe, are okay with it. I think yeah. 12, 12 and above, I would let them watch this film. I think, I mean, if, if anything, it's it's more like, you know, there's only the, the, the thing of sex. I think most 11-year-olds know what sex is. So, like, the whole that aspect of it. But, like, from the killings aspect, there's nothing that's that. Really too out there. Too out there, I, yeah. I think Linnea Quigley keeps pretty much her clothes on, doesn't she? Does, does she yeah. Uh, she takes her top off to, to do the whole lipstick thing. That's, so yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's not it, it though. Really. 
Yeah, I mean, there's this, no. This is, this is this is tame for her. Well, and yeah, then, I, yeah. and then um, <laughs> the couple end up having sex in the coffin, but you don't see it. You just see her with her top off, and then that's when they get killed. But it's, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of there's not a lot of eighties moaning and groaning either. They like, yeah. they're overacting like ah, yeah, ah. <laughs> or it's done in a minute. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like you said, the violence isn't like too intense. There isn't like any no. really intense gore. It's 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 pretty tame. So yeah, may, there's yeah, maybe cut, there's a lot of cutaway. It's, it's, it's like before the kill as well. There's a little bit of cutaway. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like which sometimes has is a better effect mm. too. You know, yeah. sometimes you don't have to see everything to keep it entertaining. Well, yeah. I also like the whole fact that um, you know at the end of the movie you do get that. You know, the breaking of the third wall when she goes happy happy Halloween dear sort of thing and yeah it yeah. does a wink to the audience sort of thing and that was quite nice as well sort of thing because it's like okay you know so you do have so if you are someone who's quite impressionable sort of thing you know you do because of that at the end of that movie with, with her saying that kind of breaks it over like you just watched the movie sort of thing yeah yeah yeah. The thing, the thing about Kevin's movies is that yeah, the violence doesn't really go that over the top. It's he's he's just a really solid director that knows how to keep you entertained through the whole time. So, um, and creeped uh, out, you know, and creeped out like yeah. when you're like the scene where she's like, you know, more Angela when she's like dancing and she's doing this like very witchy dance mm-hmm. with the it, that's creepy. Like well, I remember watching that going, this is really creepy. <laughs> like what is she gonna do? Well, you I knew it wasn't that. gonna end well. Yeah. And to be honest, if you if you come into the middle of the movie and you see that dance sequence, you think, "What the hell is Stevie Nicks doing in this movie?" Yeah. <laughs> right down to the witchy The interesting thing again is this movie. It when 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 it wants to make you laugh, it will make you laugh, and when it wants to creep you out, it can creep you out, and it's it's so. Yeah. Um, it's kind of difficult to kind of walk that line that way sometimes, but this movie actually actually nails both aspects of it, which makes it yeah. you know, fantastic. I think some directors even want to keep you in that uncomfortableness, but it's uh, to me a brilliance to be able to kind of play with comedy in some ways and that sort of, you know, to have that ability to let someone pull out of that and then come back into that and being able to, to kind of just have fun. Right. And like, there's some that their goal is to just keep you in that pit and keep you there and make you feel uncomfortable throughout the entire film. And you just, you leave it going, ah, I'm a little exhausted from being in that pit for so long versus this is like kind of the ups and downs of it. You know, it does have a lot of upswing. Yeah. It's not, I would call it lighthearted, but I mean, it does, you know, break in a little bit. I mean, there's a comedy aspect of it, just how they talk to each other, the relationships they have and, you know, just the corniness of Judy and, and Jay, it's just so corny. It's like, it seems like you're a fifties couple versus an eighties couple, like just the way you talk to each other, you know? And then Sal, who is the epitome of the fucking Guido, who's yeah. the, the fifties. I'm gonna smack Guido. you around, kid. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. Smack you around if you don't tell me where your sister is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's every every guy I grew up with in Brooklyn. Yeah. Which, by the way, like that, he didn't really. I mean, he didn't try. He was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna give up on this. And then he saw Angela, and then he's like, you're crazy, bitch. And I'm like, I'm not yeah. dealing with you. <laughs> <laughs> And I quite like that all the Suzanne. characters are likable. Well. Yeah. What's that? I said I like that all the characters are likable as well. Yeah. 
you know, right. a lot of eighties films, I mean, you get a lot of unlikable characters that kind of happen, you know. Right. There's so many like in Friday thirteenth or Halloween or all the other films yeah. that are and they're usually and men with you, those all your, you have all these unlikable characters that basically you're supposed to find yourself rooting for, but you just like hurry up and just die already. Yeah. You don't really find yeah. that in this movie. You quite like you like them all. So when they do die, it's kind of, and you do kind of miss once they start getting knocked off one by one, you kind of miss them being gone in the movie, which is quite yeah. nice. Which I think like Stooge, I I mean, I didn't like Stooge and I didn't like Jay. There was the only two that I was like, eh, you know, but I felt bad for like even Angela because she wasn't a bad person. And she likes told them, you're messing with this. Like, you know, we're going to do this, but we're messing with this. And then she was like, oh God, I think we messed up. Right. And then uh, was it, wait, who was it? Was it, oh, it was Franny who saw her reflection of her dying. She had freaked out. And then it was like, the party's over, you know, and then yeah. it was, and then that's when things kind of got a little sobering for everyone. But by then it was too late. So then it's like, the only, the only two, like I said, was like Jay. I was like, he could die. <laughs> like he could die, let, you know, let him die, you know. And poor Angela gets stuck there for the next two movies too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She becomes a new host, huh, I guess, right? Yeah. So does anyone have any um, final things they want to say about Killer Party and Night of the Demons? Start with you, Vicky. They're a lot of fun. I, w- I would suggest if you're looking for, you know, we got a couple weeks to to burn before Halloween, or even if it's not Halloween, if you just want, you know, some light humor and horror, it's definitely both of them. I would I wouldn't turn them down. They're definitely good movies to watch. Like like say on Sunday, you turn it on and you know just chill there and watch it and laugh. I I, I love both of them. I thought they were great. I mean, Killer Party wasn't my favorite out of the two, but I really enjoyed it. Mm. You know, it's just, it's typical. It's vintage 80s. It's so vintage. It's not even funny. I was just sitting here thinking to myself, were we that fucked up back in the 80s? I mean, were we? Yeah. We were. Was that our mentality yeah, yes, back we then? Yeah. So, what about yourself, John? What are your thoughts of these two films? I, I actually love, I mean, again, I'm so glad to see Night of Demons again because I completely forgot about that film. I love that Killer Party is a Canadian film. It makes me actually now want to watch more Canadian horror films because I like that aspect. They are of, enjoyable. Yeah, it's enjoyable to see how they kind of poke fun at our horror in some ways. And I didn't, and like, until Keith said that, I was like, oh, they kind of do. They kind of take all that and I they take so the tropes yep. and they kind of make fun of those. And then they also create these characters that are more real versus like, I think night of the demons. It is like, it, it's such the good Catholic girl, good, you know, football boy, you know, they kind of create these um, modelings of, of those characters. And I wondered that too. It was like the eighties acting is so different from now. And oh I was my like, God, well, you think? But no, but I'm thinking, then I'm thinking, is it their acting or is it just that's how we were, right? Because even when right. we present I mean, ourselves, we we talk a certain way and I'll see actors. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how people talk. But then I was like, is that how people in the 80s actually really talk? Because I don't remember like in that way, like how people interacted that way. Or is it just an over-exaggeration of that? I think so, it's an over-exaggeration with a grain of truth. <laughs> Yeah, because even like oh, if you think of Valley Girl, like, oh my God. Like, oh my God, oh, totally like, you know, like Valley Girls 
were there Valor girls like that? And I'm like, I kind of remember. Yeah, there was. Like <laughs> they were like, like totally tubular, you know? And it's like, 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 like gagged to the spoon. It was like totally rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Valley Boys as well, though. So that's yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we were like that. We were like that in college. We were all going like, like you know, uh, like I got like uh, fuck me, well, fuck, me with, fuck me with a chainsaw, like toast your. I'm like totally <laughs> serious. <laughs> I mean, I think you think now is it? You know, it's it's LOL. You know, it's like everything is now shortened. So it's like F F F my FML. You know, like F-M-L, my life. Yeah. It's still the same going, concept, though, yeah. I guess, if you look at it that way. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, I remember going to the bar and looking at someone going, oh, my God, he's, like, so grody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember grody. Yep. He's so grody. Ew. He's like cutie. He's grody. Gnarly. Gnarly. Uh, gag me with a Ginsu. Yeah. <laughs> and until <laughs> until Mean Girls came out, then it was, like, fetch. Now everything is, like, you know, fetch. Oh, my God, that's so fetch. That's so fetch. Yeah. <laughs> God, we're just so pretentious. And what about yourself, Joe? What are your final thoughts? Um, Killer Party was Killer Party. I didn't like as much as uh, as much as a lot of you guys did, but I love Paul Bartel. So when when I see his name pop up in anything, I'm like, I, I'm gonna stick it through just for him. And I'm glad I did. It was uh, it, 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 it turned out to be a fun little movie. Night of the Demons. Um, I do have to preface this. Kevin Tenney and I have been friends for 10 years, but I loved this movie before I met him. So this isn't me like just saying something good about somebody that I consider a friend. Uh, but I love the movie. I genuinely, genuinely love this movie and have since, uh, since it started popping up on TV in the nineties, you know, um, absolutely adore it. It's one of the most fun movies to watch this time of year. It's pr- I probably watch it at this point, every- almost every year around Halloween time. Um, I think it's on Shutter right now. So if you um, if you have Shutter, go check it out. I think, I, yeah. I think Witchboard is on there too. Go check out Witchboard. Yep. Um, it's just such a fun little Halloween movie, um, and it's one of those movies that it's always really cool. Like when you meet somebody and you mention that uh, you you mention Night of the Demons, it's oh my god, yeah, I love that movie because it's yeah. it's it's iconic. It's become iconic. Um, and you can see why it was such a huge hit because it's 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 just one of those movies you just want to get a bunch of friends around and just kind of chill and just throw back fun. a couple of drinks. You don't have to take it too seriously because no. uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder what was so different about the 80s. 80s was so, I, mean, I know the 60s had their their stamp and the 70s, is, but the 80s so much. A lot of cocaine. I think, okay. yeah, I could blame a lot of cocaine. I think they also loved. I think they loved camp. Whereas now, I th- I just think a lot of directors who are like, I'm a serious director. They want it so serious, and they want it so. Like I said, I want you in the pit, and I want you to stay there throughout the entire film. Versus like something that's a little bit slapstick and fun. There isn't as many viewers who appreciate that, right? They either want the horror, like the deep horror, or they want comedy. They don't want a mix of the two. And it's it's a unique genre that used to be in the 80s, a, a typical, you know, thing for but everything. I think, I think the balance uh, with uh, Dave Campfield and, uh, and I made a couple of... Um, a couple of horror comedies together. And he specifically said, well, I call them horror comedies. He said, no, these are comedy horrors that we're making. 
And the distinction, as he put it, was that the balance in the films that he and I made together are more comedic, less horror. I think when it's more balanced, like Night of the Demons, um, and a lot of the a lot of those movies like that, I think that they resonate better with horror fans than something that's that's more slapsticky, like uh, like say your scary movie stuff. Like yeah. like those are those are comedies that have horror aspects. Uh, this is more of a horror movie that has kind of comedic aspects. Um, I think it, I, it, it, the balance in this movie is fucking spot on. It's perfect. Um, the, the, the tonal shifts always work. So yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. I think another thing you have to remember in the eighties is that eighties, there's a bit like eighties music as well. Independent labels, independent studios. Yeah. And so, and, and of course, you have, and you also have the video cassette boom where basically it's like, you know, if you didn't get a multiplex, you could release it on video and it would find it find its audience. So, and you had a lot of people. And when you have independent studios or independent record labels or independent yeah. anything, you got people being able to push, you know, push the boundaries to do whatever they want to do, sort of thing. And yeah. then we'll find its audience at some point or another, you know, yeah. and, um, that's, you know, I think that's, you know, the choices that we made for 80s, we're going to see a lot of independent stuff. We got some, you know, you know, studio films in there as well, of course. But what you'll do is find is I think, you know, when you have that, you get a lot of different stuff through where today everything's, there's no longer the independent, you know, film studios or the independent record label. So you're not getting a lot of huge choices at the moment. You're not getting anything no. to build up. You're yeah. getting what? You're getting what's going to make the bottom dollar. And at this time, Correct. people weren't, it wasn't about how much money you're going to make. It's about because you're in love with making films. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that is something about the 80s is that the even the bigger studios were more open to experimenting with something. Whereas mm-hmm. now, if you show up with a completely original idea, it might get shot down because they're like, well, our, our, you know, our tracking shows that it's not going it, to, it's not going to make enough to justify this, this, and this. Whereas in the 80s, you know, you had Bob Zemeckis show up with the script to Back to the Future. Nobody knew what it was, but Universal, like, you know, yeah, let's do it. I was watching a documentary on Ghostbusters the other day. Dan Aykroyd wrote this thirty-page treatment. Went to a uh, went to uh, went to a producer. He's like, you know, yeah, I'll put thirty million dollars behind it. Just uh, get get it to me by uh, by by June of nineteen eighty-four, and that's it. Yeah, people were more willing to take risks, and I've I've said this a lot of times. I was like, if Lethal Weapon Five comes out next year it's going to make a billion dollars. But if the next screenplay to the next thing that would become lethal weapon is written right now, no studio is going to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of get that. Um, There's a really good series on Netflix. um, The movies that we were brought up with or whatever like that. Yes. That's excellent. There's a really good one on there about aliens, about uh, James Cameron. James Cameron comes from the Roger Corman school and it talks about the making of that. And like, you know, but, at the same time, it's because of these big blockbusters that kind of put the death to a lot of things as well. Yeah. It's because of, you know, Back to the Future and Aliens and these block- Steven Spielberg and all these other things. But, you know, yeah. another thing you have to remember in the 70s, that broke the Hollywood code and that broke down Hollywood studios sort of thing. And then by the 80s, it's like, you know, we basically had independent cinema sort of thing, which basically gave us Godfather and all the other stuff. These independent, yeah. But at the same time, it's... You know, bringing this other stuff through. And then by the time the 90s came through, it's like we're now blockbusters. It doesn't match what the small movies are doing. We want it, we want big movies making big money, and that's all that yeah. matters. And that's where we yeah. are now. And now that's all they make. Yeah. And that sucks. I hate to say I don't want to pop anybody's bubble, but that's my personal opinion. Well, I also yeah. think that it's like you take a chance on a director, and if they do really well, 
the challenge isn't going to the director and say, do it again. The challenge is do something else and different, right? Because more than likely they're doing, they're doing it. And then it's like, now that bar is set so high and they want you to go over that bar. And what ends up happening is, is they try to replicate it. And it just is, it, it's like one trick pony. You did it. Now do something different. You know, the guy, the director of Blythe, I can't remember his name, uh, but also did Hill House was talking about doing Midnight Mass. And he goes, this was a dream project. And I was so fortunate that Netflix had invested in me because when I came to them with this, they said, well, you did two really amazing things. We trust you. And he did something different. And, and, it, and he even said, well, what would be your next, so the person's interviewing, what would be your next project? And he goes, I would love to do a Western. And you're like, two, two, you know, very different horror, um, you know, ghost stories. And another one that's about, you know, vampires. And then now you don't want to do a Western, but they're going to trust him because he does it right. You know, and he knows what he's doing. And there's a trust there. A lot of studios don't trust people because they want the same. I want the same thing. I don't want something different. And the audience wants the same thing. Right. And then what they're finding now is the audience doesn't want the same thing. They're like, well, this is shit. This is just like what we just saw two years ago. And so well, now there now there is a course correction when it comes to when when a studio hires a director. I liked or Midnight Mass. Didn't yeah. you guys watch? Well, I think what, I think what I you'll find nowadays is, you know, you're not going to get independent cinema the way that you used to find it, like at Blockbuster or something like that. You're not going to yeah. get through Netflix, Amazon, Shutter. I mean, if you want some of the best horror at the moment, go to Shutter. You know, yeah. you can leave Bloomhouse behind and go to Shutter and pretty much find all the in- all the interesting independence. There's nothing, you know, Bloomhouse has its place. IFC has a yeah. couple good ones yeah. on it as well. Yeah. Tubi yeah. has some stuff on it. I believe Pluto does too. I mean, I, yeah. I they have. St- I mean, like I said, COVID wasn't it wasn't a great time, but it was the the era I discovered independent film and fell in love with it because yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's that's it's the thing, and I'm hoping that you have to look out your comfort zone. That's all. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that the lead, the, the leaning towards streaming services now, though it's going to cut the budget of a lot of films. I hope it brings back that kind of mid-level, uh, that mid-budget movie that seems mm. to have disappeared. Yeah, like if we if we could start to get those again, uh, that would be fantastic. Because right now it's either you got this giant half a billion dollar fucking Avengers movie, right. or you got this this tiny yeah. little movie that was made for like for like ten grand. Yeah. It's like, there's but nothing- also, but look what happened with COVID. So, you know, movie theaters closed and that was yeah. a big lesson. Yeah, it right? was. You produced, you, you took 20, 30 million to produce a film and they held it, waited, 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 waited. And then it's like, okay, well, we need to release this because now fans are pissed, pissed off. Right. And they release it. And it's kind of like, we didn't get the box office earnings that we normally would, but the, on the streaming side, they got more viewership. And so that, the numbers were there in a different way, in a different algorithm. And so it really gets back to the story, right? Like how much you're going to spend on the story now when you're, what you're trying to do is like, we're going to spend 20 million, but box office, we're going to get 120 million. Right. And if that's the case, if that's what you're, what you're quantifying as a good story, then you're wrong. That's not, that's not a good story. A good story is that resonates with people that will buy the subscription that will stay in that right. seat that that is exactly. like a virtual seat that's there right so exactly you're now selling them the the, the, the ticket yeah. every single month yeah. for 14.95 or whatever it is and you're cutting yeah. out the middleman you're cutting out the theaters too so yeah. 
Yeah. You like I mean, HBO you know, Max? Can... I love HBO Max. I didn't think I'd like it, but it's I, great. I'm keeping yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think another thing you have to also remember is that if you want a voice of the people, you're not going to find the voice of the people through corporate America. You're going to find oh. it through the artists and exactly, you know, the exactly. Sort of thing. Not, you know, if you look at the you know, if you look at the voice of the, you know, 80s or the 70s or 60s, they weren't from corporations. They were from the voice of the street, the movies as well. I mean, you know, they came from, you know, the 80s came from independent people who, you know, basically struggled to get their movie made and got made. And, and, and that's what you do. Unfortunately, I think when we get to 2000 and 2010, it's going to really be hard to sit there and find that voice of that generation. Yeah. Because, that's yeah, around when it just became an algorithm the algorithms kind of started ruling everything and yeah, yeah it's, it's going to kind of there's also an emergence of the competition right so that story that you know as a creator you have an idea you better run with it because there are and guarantee exactly. there's 10 other people who have that same idea and so it's not a somebody's going to present it it's not a coincidence when you see theatrically a movie about Truman Capote comes out and then two months later, another one comes out. It's because yeah. someone had that idea and the studios were in a mad rush of who can get it first. Get right? it out there. Yep. I guess it's easy. I guess it's easy if you look at it through the music industry. If you look at if the Rolling Stones came out today, their first album, which flopped, they wouldn't be around anymore. No. You got yeah. one shot to make yeah. a hit. If you're not a hit, that's it. You're gone. Yeah, and, you, you know, can. if you look at yeah. you know, if you look up through up until like you know, late nineties, early two thousands, it's like you, you know, you could afford to have a flop album. That's fine. It's okay. Well, we'll you know, see how the next one does. You know, you, it's a growing process. We'll help you. You know, we'll see where the next one goes. And you were given that chance. Nowadays, if you're not number one out the, you know, if you're not the number one horse coming out, out of that the gate. Yeah. table, you're you're dead. Your contract's yeah. over. We'll never hear from you again. You don't have yeah. it. And even, you know, and you got to repeat yourself over and over and over again, you know, you know, even like Quentin Tarantino, I mean, who's been very lucky because, I mean, I do like all his films, but I remember like, what was it, Hateful Eight didn't do as well. And then they were thinking, oh, should we continue his contract? They were actually desperately yeah. thinking about it because it didn't, because it made a hundred, two hundred thousand pounds less than the other, the previous one. And this is what we're looking at now, sort of thing. It's not like, well, oh, okay, well, right. you fumbled a little bit, didn't find the thought in, but we'll see where he where goes to the next one. Yeah. And that yeah, that, that have... discovery is over. Like, you used to be able to find your audience on video, on cable, on television. And now they don't. Uh, the Great Santini is, wow. is one. Flopped, but it's considered a classic now because people who saw it on TV are like, oh, my God, this is really good. Yeah. Well, if Francis Ro Coppola was coming out today and he made The Godfather, he'd be considered great. But what did he make after The Godfather? One from the heart, which was like one of the considered, it's a classic now, but at the time it was one of the worst. We probably wouldn't even hear from him ever again because yeah. of that. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's what, you know, Spielberg, you know, he's flopped a couple of times as well. You know, he made, you know, he did his movie. Then he came out with 1941, which is one to consider a huge flop at the time. Right. He, would been, he would have been dead in the water now. If yeah, he came yeah. out today, if he didn't, you know, follow it. So, you and know, his, something, something to learn nowadays. Sort of thing. And his next movie after 1941 was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, th think the about that. history. Those, think about You don't have to suffer through a remake of West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, though, it looks amazing. I'm not going to lie. I saw the trailer. I was like, the trailer looks fantastic. I thought, oh, God, what are they going to do to this story? Because I was I was like, leave it alone. Don't touch this movie. Leave it alone. And then Which I was movie, like, John? West Side, West Side Story. Story. West Side Story looks, remake. 
It looks beautiful. They're going to do a new one? Yeah, look at the it's trailer. Shot. It looks it's already shot. I'll check it out. Oh, wow. The, I didn't even the hear The trailer about looks beautiful. Yeah, it's not, they do a really good stylistic uh, approach to everything. And it, it, to me, the curious thing is that if you're remaking it from the original, it's, are you, it's almost like what I, what I am worried about is when they tried to remake Psycho and it was yeah. trying to be so psycho that it, it almost is like, we know what you're doing. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit now. I'm worried about that because it looks so much like the original. Like it. Looks I'm worried like, about how they're not letting like anyone it. else. They let one person. They release this one song over the trailer. It's one person singing. Yeah. And it's there's a memo that's going around not to release any of the music because um, not until after the film's released. So I wonder, like, how does everyone sing then? Yeah. Is it? Because let's face it, it's not an easy sing song. It's not an easy music no. to do. Even on stage, it's bloody difficult to cast sort of thing. And then, of course, the movie, I mean, no one's singing with the real voices anyway. I mean, they're all like, you know, Russ Tamlin's singing the part of action, though he's playing the part of Riff Raff. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that, well, that's what's hard, too. And, you you know, I like to be in America. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's one of those, if someone is ethnically that background and singing it, it sounds real. But if you're having someone who's not and it sounds really bad, you're going to be like, put why in didn't there you hire someone who's from <laughs> Why didn't you didn't hire someone who's back, by the way? Oh, yeah. she's in it? Yeah. Rita Moreno's back in the movie, yeah. No kidding. Well, I'm definitely going to check this out. Um, it looks amazing. I mean, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I think it's going to do fine. Who directed um, it? Spielberg. Spielberg. Spielberg, Spielberg yeah. did? Yeah. Why haven't to I be honest, I don't think it's going to have a patch on the old one, basically, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to watch it for curiosity's sake. Same. But, you know, it, it's it's funny because uh, we, we covered a lot of Cronenberg movies last month. And I remember reading something recently that Cronenberg can't get a movie made. Yeah. So that's me. that's where we are now because it's yeah. it's just all about the bottom it's all about that bottom dollar. And they don't want to just turn a profit. If they just turn a profit, they're not happy with it. It has to make like half a billion dollars. Yeah. It's also, it's also the fans where the fans are raising their hands in a certain way. If they're not getting something, then they're gonna shift focus, right? So we well, might now be we have social media to gripe on too. Yeah. So yeah. But Lloyd Kaufman talked talk to us about that last last year when we interviewed him, you know, about about independent film and it's this massive struggle, but he's remained steadfast, what, 42 years now? Well, yeah. because he was never mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> that, that seems yeah. to be uh that seems to be the, the, the way to the, the way to do it is if you never get to if you never work at that top tier, they can't knock you off it. No. True. That's true. He's and- a fighter though. <laughs> well, I also think that he also has 40 years of fan gathering as well to keep him going. Oh, God, oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt mm-hmm. about that. The base if he came out today, there. I'm not sure he'd be where he is today if, it, if, he, and, if he came out in the last 10 years. Sort of thing. And now he can brag about how, how his, his boys are out there controlling everything because you got James Gunn, Matt Stone, and Trey yeah. Parker who are on top of the fucking world right now. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, James Cameron started out. I mean, if you, I mean, before that was Roger Corman. Everyone came from the Roger Corman yeah. studio. Yeah. That's where Francis Ford Coppola came from. That's where Steven Spielberg came from. That's where all these big directors that we have today come from is Roger Corman. Tight circles. Yeah. And yeah. if it wasn't for, you know, if it wasn't for Roger Corman, I mean, it's kind of funny, but Roger Corman taught him how to make movies at <laughs> a low budget. And now these same yeah. directors on how to make movies at a low budget. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> but they got their start there. Jack okay. Nicholson. We yeah. got Jack Nicholson because of Roger Corman. So, 
Because he was a guy who was making movies cheaply and giving giving the the young guys an opportunity, which yeah. is what Lloyd's doing now. As we creep closer and closer to Halloween, we know that you crave our content like a demon-possessed valley girl craves the souls of unwanted party guests. And boy, do we have a lot of content to share. Whether it is listening to soundtracks and or past episodes on any of our many platforms, reading our reviews of books to screen and everything in between, or just getting to know each one of our podcastic hosts, llpodcast.com is here for you. And don't forget, while you're there, sign up for our monthly newsletter, become a patron, purchase some of our rad LLP merch, as well as check out what's to come for this season. As always, we'd like to thank you for downloading, liking, and sharing the Literary License podcast. License. Literary License podcast. Until next time, stay spooky and spectacular, folks. Bye. Bye.
will not. 